Is that how you're going to start it? Yeah. Okay. What's your best cuppa impression? Jedi. But yeah. Okay. No, you got to give it a sentence. Jedi. We've, we've got to go, Jedi. <laughs> the fires in Washington will stop us, Jedi. Why the fuck did you run my ice axe through my sit pad, Jedi? <laughs> Wait, why did he do that? Remember? Because it kept flying away. That's right. It kept flying away. Didn't couple like walk away and leave? Yeah. And you're like, oh no, his sit pad. And then Jedi is like, I'm going to fix this. And he goes and like runs to get the sit pad. And he grabs an ice axe. Cuppa's ice Cuppa's axe. Cuppa's And he. He runs the ice axe through the sit pad. And the, goes, yep, foam. that fixes it. <laughs> but apparently he made the sit pad for Cuppa anyways, so it yeah. didn't matter. It was really funny. It kind of was funny. That was a good moment. I forgot all about that moment until just now. Jedi. I see. Um, mate, would you like a cup of tea? It's pretty close. It's a little feminine, but. Well, because I'm not a boy. It's true. I've got a female sounding voice. True, bit bit feminine. <laughs> Over here. That one's for you, Cuppa. Oi. Oi. Do you like a cup of tea? Cup that, of tea. That, that, that sounded too formal. Cup of tea. Cuppa. Cup of tea. Cuppa. What up? Welcome to our podcast. Um, Yeti. Walks into Base Camp. We are your hosts. I am Base Camp. And I am Yeti Lears. And this episode, we are dedicating to the Colorado Trail. Yes, the Colorado Trail. That thing that I hiked. I won't let you know if I finished it or Just not. Just yet. Um, but I, I stepped foot on the Colorado Trail and I walked its path for a certain period of time for a certain number of miles i guess you'll have to keep listening to see if i did finish it well so um, yeah uh, well first of all the important part what's the drink of the choice drink of the choice we're both drinking the same thing today you want to take a guess this is the new belgium whenever i see the word belgium i think of belgebear um, this is the Mountain Time Lager. And since it is only 1224 in the afternoon on a Sunday, I didn't want a 10% beer. So this is a lovely 4.4% ABV. Yes, I have the exact same beer. Nice, yeah, nice and uh, nice and light. Crisp and light. It's really good beer, you guys. New Belgium is pretty great. Pretty good brewery yeah. here in Colorado. We always do support our Colorado beers. Fort Collins. Is that where it, and they have one in Denver too. Do they? Mm-hmm. It's brewed in Fort Collins and Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina? Yeah, I've been to the one in Asheville. Here's the question is where did it originally start? I think it's Fort Collins. It, yeah, I mean, Colorado mm-hmm. is like the mecca of beer other than North Carolina. I feel like North Carolina is like second. Yeah, but I'd been going, we'd been going to Asheville before the new Belgium facility was ever built. Oh, I mean, that's a good move to take one to Asheville. I'd say so. That's like the other mecca of beer. Yeah. 
Yeah. And in, ca- in case you didn't know, according to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. So you'll know if I'm ever pregnant, I won't be having beer. And also, this is a fun fact, consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause <laughs> may cause health problems. So the question is, not the question. So don't drink and drive. What is that noise? The building is shaking. Is it from the wind? The door. Is something trying to get in? No, it's the suction. <laughs> oh, that's weird. I don't know if you guys are going to hear this in the podcast or not, but we closed our door. We just moved into a brand new apartment in Breckenridge, Colorado. Pretty exciting. It's aggressive. I'm a little nervous about this door. It's like, it's it looks like something's trying to get in. Oh, it's very windy, yeah. Oh, it's the wind. Okay. Do we have a window open? Yeah. Ah, that's what it is. Got to fix that window. But yes, yeah, so we moved into Breckenridge, Colorado this last weekend. I guess a few updates before we begin. That is an update. <clears throat> it's been a pretty crazy month or so. Um, I am going to have to have sh- shoulder surgery. If, if you listen to our last episode, I dislocated my shoulder and I had to get an MRI and the surgeon looked at it and said, yep, definitely dislocated it. And I actually ripped the soft tissue in my labral, which is your front part of your shoulder. And it is um, like, it's actually what keeps that joint, your ball and socket together. So I have, so I've ripped it. And unfortunately you cannot, your body cannot repair a tissue. Your body can repair like muscles. That. Yeah. Your yeah. body can repair muscles. Um, you know, they can grow back most of the time, I guess, unless you fully rupture it. But my tissue has been fully ruptured. And, you know, I want to keep backpacking in my life and doing fun things. Um, so, yeah. So, going to have surgery on September 7th. And that's going to take a while to heal. It's going to take like, fully four to six months to fully heal like i can't wear a 40 pound backpack until after that yeah so it's a, it's a bummer it's a huge bummer but the good news is i can still walk that's good news and um i can still do that after surgery i'm gonna have a gimpy arm it feels like because i can't use it for four weeks at all <laughs> true it's gonna be fun anyway so yeah that happened a few updates in our world so what'd you update them on? Oh, just that we moved to Breckenridge and, and your then arm. my arm, my shoulder. Yep. It's been a lot. Oh yeah. I started school here at Colorado mountain college. Whoop, whoop. Uh, going for another bachelor's for, I got a master's degree, but refocusing my life. Colorado trail made me realize. Oh, that PCT. Uh, the PCT. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Made me realize I wasn't doing what I wanted. So now I'm going back for ecosystem science and stewardship and outdoor leadership. Yeah. Oh, oh and you remember, I think it was the last episode we were talking about home girl who was, <gasps> Oh, gonna fastest known time, the Colorado trail starting who was confident starting with all the shit on her back. That confident she would that she would trail. finish in 10 days. Yeah. Confident. Confident. Yeah, I remember it was 14 and then 12 and then 10 and then nine days she was going to finish. Yeah, and remember I said in the last episode, I was confident 
that she's probably going to get an injury and she's going to, you know, make a post on Facebook about her injury and how she had a great time and, you know, all these things. And, um, and I would have been impressed if she had finished. I really would have been. But my favorite thing that happened in this whole process is that I was stalking her to see where she was at. And like, kid you not, five days in, she was at Copper Mountain, which is only 100 miles into the trail. By that point, if she's finishing in nine days, she better be over halfway done. So you know she's already starting to hallucinate. She doesn't have enough food. She got, so there's a detour <laughs> around. So usually the trail takes you up the back side of Copper above the village. And then you can take a spur trail and hike down into the village where they have like restaurants and resupply and all that. But they're doing a lot of construction, so they had a detour that takes you on a bike path, big old paved bike path, right by a gas station, and then straight up through the middle of the town. Like, it's not that hard. No, there were there were signs everywhere. But she got lost on that she for got, hours. She got lost and makes a post to Facebook and is like, I've been doing circles for three hours and I can't find my way out of here. I think I've gone towards Vale. Like she just was like, towards Vale pass. Like I'm like, this woman is not going to make it. And then, um, she goes dead silent for a few days. Uh -huh. And then finally I see this random post where some woman says, does anybody know what happened? That woman is trying to FKT self-supported and I see a long post from her. She commented on she it. She commented on it. She was like, that was me. She's like, well, unfortunately, I slid on a snow pass. Like, there was this one pass still that had snow on it, Lake Ann Pass. And it was in the Collegiate Peaks. And she's like, yeah, unfortunately, I slid and I got an abrasion on my hip and it got infected. Which, that was on uh, the Collegiate West, which is not the actual true CT. route for the CT. So she'd been doing... The actual route. She would have been fine. She would have been okay because there was no snow over there. Yeah, but she did that because she wanted to challenge herself. and It's more scenic too. It's more beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Which I can understand if you're not going to do a long through hike and you're never going to do the CDT, that route is probably the better route to go. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. but but I digress. However, she uh, she said she got an infection and she she's like, but I got to Monarch – um, I got to the Monarch Pass area, which is mm -hmm. like 260 miles in by, I don't know, day seven or day mm -hmm. eight, which, okay, let's say again, everyone, she said she was confident she'd finish in nine to 10 days. She wasn't even halfway done by day seven. She probably didn't have enough calories. No. Yeah. I mean, this is not hard to, to see happen. Yeah. But hey, um, what is her name that... Mooch. Mooch. But Mooch did FKT, I believe. Uh-huh. Going Sobo. She got supported, right? She yeah, Josh Perry was supporting her. Yeah. Um, go Mooch. Get it. Get it. What? What? But yeah, but see, she's a through hiker. She understands. You need help. <laughs> she's a ginger. And she's a ginger. Redheads, man. Yeah. We're a crazy bunch. Like, yeah. I just, come on, through hike first, then try to FKT. How many, how quick did Mooch finish? I don't know yet. I'm sure they'll post something. I'm sure they will. But. Yeah, Josh Perry was out there freaking. Helping her. Yeah, yeah supporting her. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, interesting side fact, Josh Perry reached out to us. Oh, yeah. I, I guess somehow he figured out we lived in Colorado. Life by Storm. Uh, I don't know her real name. Yeah, but she told him. Yeah. And, uh. 
Yeah, we weren't able to help because she was already down in the, the San Juan area. Yeah, and that's like five hours, five and a half hour drive from us. So. That's a long drive. Yeah. We yeah. made work. But that was cool. cool. The message by Josh Perry. I know. That was pretty legit. I, man, I would have jumped in a heartbeat to do that. Oh, I know. I wish I wish we'd known, though, because we could have helped them around this area. Around the Breck area. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so now let's transition to the Colorado Trail. We are putting our PCT on hold. Mm -hmm. because like all of you people, I also want to know about Wesley's Yeti's experience on the Colorado trail. Cause I was not there for this one. I want to know about it too. Well, you, you, you did it. I still want to know about it. How do you know about I it? I haven't even thought about it. I just hiked the trail, got <laughs> off and then immediately we packed and we moved, moved. moved here to Breckenridge. We've just been running. And then fast. I started school. I haven't had time to think. You haven't. So so this is where we get to think with all of our podcast. Pod, pod, pop, 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 pop. Okay. Podcast. Party like a rock Listeners. star. Party like a rock star. Oh my God. So, pop, pop. like all of you, pop. I'm just ignoring this. <laughs> like all of you, I, that he does this a lot, by the way. I just ignore it. Pop. Um, like all of you, I want to know how it was too. So I've got some questions that I want to ask him that he doesn't know about. Yeah. And of course I can do the, the day by day blow as well. And I actually want to throw in some sound bites from, I, I tried to do like a little daily recording. Mm -hmm. and I, I You think can't I, read them. I think it would be cool. I'm not reading them. Okay. I think it would be cool to throw in these little sound bites as well. So like the critches. Yeah, so like after your questions and before I get into like the days, yes. throw in some sound bites. Okay, so I've got a few like questions. You can answer them or not answer them. That's up to you. Oh, it's raining outside. Um, but just to start this out for all of you who do not know the Colorado Trail, the Colorado Trail is 486.4 miles. I looked it up. Nice. Um, and it starts at Waterton Canyon in Littleton, Colorado, which is very close to Denver. And it ends at like, it's close to Durango. It's Junction Creek Trailhead. Junction Creek Trailhead. Uh-huh. Very close to Durango. Very close. So just to give you a good grid, a lot of people go Sobo because it's more beautiful to end in close to Durango mm -hmm. than to end in a town. It's a way better place to go and celebrate having finished the trail Durango. Totally. Which I feel like Sobo is not normal for most through hikers, but for yeah. the Colorado trail, Sobo is a very normal thing to do. Uh, so yeah, just to give you a little bit of um, uh, information on that. Oh, another really important thing is that there, um, so it's a, it's a very big bike packing trail as well. So you can have a lot of mountain bikers on there, but mountain bikers have a lot of bike detours to take. Um, because some of the terrain just really isn't conducive to mountain biking. But also, uh, for bikers or hikers, you can do a collegiate east or a collegiate west route. The collegiate east route is the traditional path of the Colorado Trail, whereas the collegiate west, uh, it's not traditional, but it, you know, it still counts. Most people tend to take that because it's more scenic. Um, you, well, oh, sorry, go ahead. You just get these big epic passes and huge mountains and it's just a beautiful route to take and to also clarify the cdt the continental divide trail and the ct actually link up sometimes this is very confusing for people because they don't realize this but it links up 
Um, where does it link up at around close to? Uh, just south of Georgia Pass. Georgia Pass. And then there is a divide of where between you can choose west or east. And the west side is the actual CDT side. But the Colorado Trail has made it also a part of the CT. Yeah. And the CDT also can choose the east side as well if they want to. Sure. If they don't want to do the CDT way. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where that comes. If you've ever heard of the collegiate loop, that's where that comes from. And then they rejoin again once they split off from east to west. They rejoin again after that for like a bit. And then they split off. Yeah, they rejoin again after Monarch Pass. Monarch Pass. Yeah. And then they split back off at some point. Yeah. But that's just a little informational. But, okay, Colorado Trail, 486.4 miles. Total ascent is 87,980 Total descent is 86,480, and this is going Sobo. So, yeah. Yeti legs. My legs felt all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, my first question is, and you don't have to answer this, but I'm going to ask anyway how many days did it take you to complete the trail? Uh, so, 24 total days started July 22nd, and that was taking two zeros in Leadville whenever you met me. Double zeros. Yeah. So if we're talking uh, days on foot, it took me 22 days to hike 486.4 miles. 46? You mean 486? 486.4 miles. Oh, I thought, I think you just said 46. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So 22 days, 24 with zeros. Sweet. Okay. My next question is, okay. What were you nervous about before starting? Uh, probably fires, um, shutting down sections of the trail that I would have to do a, a reroute or a detour or something on. And I don't know. I guess another nervous thing is I haven't done a whole lot of uh, camping by myself. I've done most of it with you. Um, the camping I did do solo was before we ever met, and that was probably just for a few months. Um, so yeah, really sleeping and getting used to being alone out in the middle of nowhere. That's probably another thing I was a little nervous about. What were you excited about? Uh, walking, getting away from like the normal humdrum, um, kind of going outside and seeing all the critches and seeing the epic views and yeah, kind of just getting in touch with myself a little bit more. That's what I think. Nice. Yeah. So... Looking back, what were goals that you set for yourself and what did you let go of or accomplish while you were on the trail? Ooh, that's a good one. Thank you. I think uh, the most obvious goal was to finish in three to three and a half weeks, which I did. Mm -hmm. So you accomplished that. Yeah. Um, I went out there and I haven't done the the average breakdown. If I had to guess, it's probably between like 20 to 25 mile days to be able to complete it that quickly. You just got to be consistent. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that was a goal that I set for myself. And another one was I kind of anticipated not taking a whole lot of zeros in the first place just because, you know, I wanted to get out there, pound through the miles um, after I had started. Because I originally I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go out there. I'm just going to walk. It's going to be great. I'm going to like sit down and do little paintings and sketches. And I got out there and the first week, you know, the mosquitoes were horrible. The biting flies were worse. You couldn't stop. So I just started going and pounding out miles and it felt good to see what I could do 
yeah, of course my feet hurt, my back was hurting a little bit, but um, it felt good to just go out there and just push my body a little bit and to see what my pace was because on the PCT we always went my pace. Went with your pace mm -hmm. and I'm slower yeah my, my average pace is like 2.5 and I mean to be honest when I was out there my average pace was like right around three miles an hour or 3.5 if you I were pretty if, if I was if I was booking it yeah 3.5 or if I guess you were coming to see me because you were always right on the money 3.5 uh-huh yeah pretty much but yeah, so really just seeing what I could do out there, um, trying to get it finished in that amount of time, really because we had to move. We had to move. <laughs> and with your arm the way it was, yeah. and still is, you couldn't really pack and lift a whole lot of heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was one of the big goals and I accomplished that one. So I'm proud of that. What is something that you had a goal for that you let go of because you realized you couldn't do it? I realized I couldn't do it. Yeah, or you just like chose not to do it because you were like, I don't know whether it was up against the clock or I don't know. What what was something you thought about before you got out there? And then as you were out there, you were like, ah, I just don't think I'm gonna be able to do this. Peak bagging. I thought about doing a few spur trails, maybe even grab Some a 14er the on yeah. the way. And the more I thought about it, I was like, no, I just can't do this. Because of time? Because of time. Mm. Yeah, if I had had a full four weeks or five it. weeks, I could have bagged a few 14ers mm -hmm. and kind of just taken more day trips to do that. Yeah. But I probably would have thrown another zero in there and that would have just eaten up more time too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that was one thing I let go of. Mm. Oh. Which yeah. is okay. I mean, you know, logistics of life. I was fortunate enough to have three and a half weeks off to do it in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, the Colorado Trail actually... Um, sits like that trail a lot of people have to take the colorado trail just to get to a 14er mm -hmm. so the colorado trail or at least hit it at some point yeah so the colorado trail is one of the main trails you have to take and and so when you're doing the ct i mean you you see a lot of 14ers along the way mm -hmm. that you could bag that are only like two miles out of the way yeah i hiked right by princeton and tarot yale harvard columbia all those two right? they would have taken a little bit more effort Longer. to get to yeah but, but princeton wouldn't have I, yeah i hiked right by princeton mm -hmm. you have to cross the trailhead access road to get to princeton which is nuts yeah the ct runs straight across it and then follows that road downhill into the princeton hot springs resort yeah so it's really one if you have five or six weeks you could bag like eight 14ers on that trail. And I'm sure there were some down in the San Juans too. Yeah, for but, sure. But I don't know those 14ers that well. As much as we know the collegiate 14ers. Yeah. And I, I deleted the um, the AR Peak Finder app because it was completely useless. Yeah. I had no idea where the hell I was half the time. It's like, doo, doo, doo. you're like, I swear this Princeton, it's like nothing's there. Yeah. <laughs> There's just, just nothing. It's flat. <laughs> Gosh. And Shav and Tab are right there too. Shav and Tab are back Which there. we just, we had just done. Yeah, with Cucumber and Bloom. Yeah. Yep. Um, cool, cool, cool. So what was your hardest day on trail? Hmm. The first day. It was the first day? Yeah. Oh man, you you were like. I was bonking. You were sucking the hind tit. I was, I was. Because... I guess we could talk about this later too on the first day. Yeah, I was but, gonna. Add, yeah, I want to get into the days. But yeah, salt deprivation, lack of water. Um, had this sweet dude camping out in the middle of a dry stretch, not giving me like a quarter liter of water. 
and had base camp not hiked in two and a half miles been, with water, I would have been struggling. I feel like you would have been laying on the grass at some point. I would have found you just laying on the grass. Oh yeah, I considered just pitching the tent, just going to sleep a few times. And you had, but you wouldn't have had really any food or. No, but I feel like I would have felt better after some rest. Yeah, for sure. And once it had cooled off at night, yeah. I could have made a few more miles. Yeah. Yep. Well, and we'll get into that day because that was, <laughs> yeah. was my, my fault. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, the first day. Go figure. Man. And then I, it, you pushed yourself hard that day, though. If I had to give a second most difficult day, it was um, in the big 30. So 30 mile it's, day. So it's, so it's about 33 mile stretch um, above tree line. You've got a few alpine bushes, but you're just out in the middle of the mountains um, above 12,000 feet. And it started to rain. Oh, and that's it, where, it, yeah, it was and storming. It, and it hailed and it thundered. The only thing we didn't get was lightning, thank God. Yeah. But yeah, I had uh, I had the dude out there with me. The dude. So that was nice. The dudester. Yeah. Um, what was your easiest day on trail? I mean, a zero is the obvious answer. <laughs> oh, no, you gotta give me a hiking day. Zeros uh, don't count. What about a Nero? Sure, as long as you were hiking. Okay. My easiest day on trail. I mean, none of them really stick out a whole lot. Maybe the last day. I didn't have much cane. You mean the Durango day? Like when I saw you? Yeah, when I was hiking into Durango. Because I only had one notable climb that day. And then you were downhill. And then it was downhill the rest of the way. All the way in. That's so lovely to have a downhill in. It's like doing a race or a... Like climbing a 14er. Oh, definitely. It's like the reward is all downhill. It was the reward at the end. There were a few <laughs> spikes in there. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's where I saw my uh, my first three and only black bear sightings. Yeah. Of the whole trails on the last day. So that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Yeah. That leads me to. Um. Oh, and if any of you have any questions about. Wesley or Yeti's um, Colorado trail experience, then put them in the comments. We'd love to know. Yeah. We'll look at them. Um, yeah, okay. If you, if you got any questions, just let us know. Yeah. Shoot us an email. We or have, an email. We have an underused email. Yeti walks into Basecamp at gmail.com. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. So now I just want you to talk through your day one like day two, day three, day four, day five. Um, and I, I might interrupt you with questions along the way because I haven't heard half of these either. I know day one because I was part of day one mm -hmm. significantly. <laughs> oh, day one. So yeah, and just to preface, Wesley and I, I wasn't going to get to see him a lot. And this was on a weekend that I dropped him off at yeah. Waterton Canyon. So, and we had talked about me maybe like hiking with him at some points, but then after I dislocated my shoulder, it's just like no not hiking. gonna happen. But I was like, well, since it's the weekend and I'm not working, then maybe I could just meet you after day one, like at the end of day one. Yeah. So we had discussed meeting points. Like there were a few options for meeting points. Um, and so I got to see him at the end of day one and I brought him some really good food, but, oh um, yes, but you, we can talk through that as we walk through it, but it was a uh, interesting, yeah, I feel, I feel partially to blame for all that. So. No, you shouldn't. I mean, you should not. Well, we'll see. Uh, anyway, so day one real quick. How did you feel? 
about me hiking the trail. I was crying when you left. I felt so sad, but so happy for you. I felt a mix of emotions. Did you? Yeah. It it was so weird. It's like sending your kid off to school for the first time. (laughs) Sending your kid off that you have carnal relations with. (laughs) Not a good analogy, but kind of a good analogy. It's like, not that we have kids yet, but I could imagine that, you know, you're with your kids all the time. And then they're finally like about to go to school by themselves. And you like, they have their backpack on and you take videos and pictures of them and oh my goodness. and they leave and you're like, okay, uh-huh. guess I'm doing this by myself now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how it felt. Oh, yeah. Is that how you felt the whole way for the whole 24 days? No. 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 I mean, my sister came to visit Amber. Yeah. That was really nice. Um, So I was pretty distracted hanging out with her. I mean, I I missed you. And then you filled your days with work. And then work was very busy. Yeah. Yeah. How many, how many hours a week were you working on average for the three and a half? Probably 50 a week. God. I was like, well, Wesley's not here. Might as well just devote my life to work. It wasn't healthy. That's for sure. I was just distracting myself. Yeah. I had plenty of work to distract myself with. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had that. I guess so. <laughs> it was funny. Whenever I got back, there were a lot of empty bottles of wine. No, and, and okay. The recycling. No, no. Amber, no. There were like two in there before he left. No. Yes. No. There were like two in there before you left. Amber and I had two <laughs> bottles. That's it for a whole week. Okay, so day one. And here we go. Starting this journey on the Colorado Trail. Lots of runners, lots of bikers. I'm a little sad because base camp isn't here with me. And she's like all I've known for the last um, three and a half years. So maybe I'll see her tonight. Some trail magic after either mile 16 or 22. We'll see. But we're here. We're doing it. And we'll see how long it takes. Hopefully, three to three and a half weeks. Oh, base camp, I miss you. Wesley. You dropped me off at Waterton Canyon. Waterton Canyon. And how did you feel about that? I mean, I was excited to, to start and to see what the, the day and the coming weeks had in store. But at the same time, a little... A little sad to leave you behind because we'd done the TMB and the PCT together. So to be doing a big trail like this without you felt weird. And I mean, you always wash my pot. So who's going to wash my pot? That's what I'm here for is to wash his pot. And you blow up my mat. Yeah, I set up the inside all the time. Yeah, you set up the yeah. inside and I set up the tent. Yeah. Really? It's true. So yeah, I was, I was sad to not have you there because... I mean, you're like my other half. You're way yeah. prettier than me. You're nicer than me. And uh, yeah. You he's about- just trying to be nice. What's up? Here? No. You about to cry? You're giving me all these sweet words. Oh, baby. Oh. Mm. But yeah, it was, it was, it was also, I don't know. It was, it was a bittersweet feeling, but I knew I'd see you at the end of the first day. Mm-hmm. And I knew we had a few like meeting points planned along the way. So I was already kind of like starting to game plan a little bit in my head. Like reaching those points, they're like my checkpoints along the trail, mm-hmm. kind of. 
So yeah, you were you were like Aww. the light at the end of each little stretch. Aww. I know. Brownie points, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're not yeah, you're smart. Yeah. Um so So yeah, that was that. Um we took some pictures at the Waterton yeah. Canyon, like Colorado Trail start. Yeah. And you stayed there and you kissed me a lot before I left. Yeah. Well, you kissed me too. I know. I like your kisses. And then I I started walking down the road. Yeah. Which was a long, painful, like dirt road for, I don't know, six miles. Yeah. We'd done it before, so I knew what was coming. Yeah. And you started at like nine or ten. No, ten. You started at ten. Yeah. So it was already hot. hot. And it's completely exposed out there. Yeah, it's bad. But yeah, there's a lot of like day hikers and day bikers on that thing because it's so close to town. Mm. And there were, I only saw like two other. Through hikers. Uh, through hikers um, for the first like chunk of that day. And it was the couple that we had seen starting right yeah. by the parking mm-hmm. lot. And I have no idea who they were, but my morning's objective was to pass them. Wesley's objective the entire trail was to pass people. I'm, because I'm, and here's why. I'm because whenever whenever he's with me, we get passed. <laughs> I'm very competitive, all right? <laughs> he hated all the times we got passed on the trail. And so <laughs> I started out at four miles an hour. Yeah, you were moving. Because I was slack packing as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't have all your food with you because he was going to meet me at the end of that night and we were going to car camp together. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I had um, I had like most of my gear but not the food. So I had enough food for yeah. lunch and a few snacks and that was it. Yeah, um, and water. You had a good bit of water because yeah. it's a dry set or kind of dry, semi-dry. Well, you're following a creek the whole way. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, so I, never mind. I didn't have a JK. whole lot of water. JK, LOL. JK, lols. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, also I think another concern I had at the beginning was I was using – so I've, I've got a lot of gear from Ultimate Direction. The They're like a, a running, ultra-running um, clothing and gear brand. And they're really trying to break into some through-hiking world stuff and – we, I guess we talked to them, reached out to them, or they reached out to us last year. Yeah. But they gave Wesley some stuff like a fast pack. To yeah. Try. They, yeah. So we had reached out to them. Okay. Or I reached out to them. Yeah. A lot of fast pack brands, actually. And they were the mm-hmm. ones to respond and kind of um, connect with us. And so I got, you know, their 40 liter fast pack, which, which doesn't have awesome. a hip belt. Yeah. But it does have like a little buckle strap that goes across your mm-hmm. torso. Um, and a lot of their jackets and even the, the Jason Slarb, Slarb? I'm not sure how to pronounce the last name, but a pair of running shorts from uh, kind of like sponsored and designed by a professional runner. And they're amazing. And they're amazing. They've got a 360 degree waistband so I can stick snacks or whatever I want in there all the way around. Didn't you stick like your phone in there? And Oh, I had a rain jacket in there. I had, <laughs> I had gloves in there. Wait, hold on. You had your rain jacket? Yeah, I put a raincoat and I put uh, my gloves with like the waterproof cover in there. And then I would have a knife. I would have hair ties. Um, I I had my wallet in there. And so whenever I would have all that stuff in there, it would look like I had like a little baby bump. The waistband of the shorts sits so high. Yeah, yeah. So I looked like I was pregnant or something. Didn't you call it your kangaroo pouch? It's my kangaroo pouch, yeah. Yeah. It was, it's pretty big. Oh, I love that thing. I'd stick it all in there. Yeah. And the fact that it's a pocket, it means it's got two layers of material. 
So it really helps with like any rubbing or chafing that I might've gotten. Which is great. Yeah. So you had your shorts and then you had the, um, the windbreaker and the jacket the, liner. The Ventura windbreaker, which is just over two ounces. Yeah. And then I had, um, their, uh, the ultra flip gloves, which are five finger gloves, but they have a waterproof mitt cover, which is epic. It stuffs into the, the wristband and then you just fold it over your, your fingers. Whenever it's like cold or raining or yeah, sprinkling or snowing or something like that. Snowing, yeah. What was your base weight when you started? Uh, it was just over 10. Okay. Yeah. And then what was your like full weight? See, I don't like that people don't ask this question because base weight's one thing, but then when you add food and water and what was your normal average of like with food and water? With food and water, I was sitting right around 25 probably. 25. Yeah. But I also eat a lot of food, so. Not not enough. No, I probably didn't eat enough on this trail as I should have. Because you didn't have me to I didn't have you him. there to police what I was eating. I'd be like, babe, have you eaten yet? And he's like. That's why I need you around. Gosh. When I saw him after like five days, he'd dropped so much weight. Yeah. I was like, what has happened? I dropped my baby weight. My baby. You. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, going back to day one. So you are hiking, hiking, hiking that first section. Did you just kind of blank out and hike, like turn music on to just get through that section because it's so exposed? I had music on for sure. And it's not pr it's not a pretty section. It's literally a gravel dirt road type, like a like a forest service, you know, brown dirt road mm -hmm. for six miles before you hit trail. Yeah, as you get higher up on the road, you start to get towards the dam and it gets a little bit more scenic. Mm-hmm. So that was nice, but I, um, you know, I was, I was adjusting my pack a lot because it doesn't have a hip belt again. So you had a lot of the weight and it's got that, like the waist strap and it, yeah. the waist strap sits right above my belly button. So I was doing a lot of adjusting of like the shoulder straps mm -hmm. and like having to rearrange some things because it's got all these accessory pockets on the, the shoulder strap. So I was like shoving snacks and electronics in there. Trying to get the weight off your shoulders. Trying to back. get it off my shoulders, my back. Yeah. So I did a lot of that whenever I finally stopped for a little lunch break at the dam, which is around five to six miles. And after that, you kind of start to climb up into the woods, which is nice because it's like the first exposure to like dirt trail and not dirt access road. You've got a little bit of tree coverage. And uh, we'd, we'd hike the stretch before together. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm really just hiking. There are a few other people out there, but they all look like day hikers. You know, I'd pass that couple that I had intended to pass, which felt good. And for the rest of the day, I, I'm really just doing my own thing. Just going through the stretch that we've already hiked. Uh, a lot of bikers out there as... You know, we knew there would be yeah. in that first section. Um, I had second lunch at the site where we had camped whenever we uh -huh. um, hiked it the first time. Was that Bear Creek? Yeah. So at Bear Creek is where my first lunch was. And then there's a pretty significant climb, climb yeah. right after that. Yeah, we, we had tried to climb it, but there was still a lot of snow. And we didn't take the gear with us for snow, so we didn't get all the way to the top. Yeah, we got about two and a half miles yeah. from the end of the first section. Yeah. Uh, whenever we did it. But we also did it late spring. Yeah. So, so like you said, snow. Yeah. Uh, saw a few other people on that climb. I never saw them again. Uh, and then that is really the top of that climb takes you down mm -hmm. into the East Platte River. And that is one of two places where we had talked about you possibly meeting me. 
Uh, it's a nice, like, I mean, the river is wide. It's flowing. It's beautiful. It's cool down yeah. there. Lots of people, campsite availability or pit privies. And I was like, you know, if I'm slack packing today, I might as well take advantage of the fact that you are out here, that I'm slack packing and that you can meet me at several different points. So why don't we meet at this other point that we talked about, which is like a Jeep. 20, it's a Jeep. It's like an old crossing. Jeep, yeah, an old Jeep access road. So it's an access road and it shows up on all of these different maps. And even when you map it, it actually, like it shows you going on this road. And it's like 22 or 23 miles mm -hmm. from the beginning is where this this point is. Because yeah. the Colorado Trail crosses this Forest Service road. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, this might be a good spot because I can drive there. And it's like 22, 23 miles for you. So, so that's like a, that's a good day. It's a, like, yeah, that's a hard day. But, you know, I'm bringing poke, soy sauce, oat milk, a cooler full of beer uh -huh. to him and water. So it's like, okay, this is a good day to push. But also 22, 23 miles isn't too bad. No. But then. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay. So I start hiking it and. The stretch straight out of the East Platte River. So you do a big like downhill into the East Platte River, and then you climb straight back up and out of it. Uh, you're in tree line for maybe a half mile, and then everything is just open. It's like a giant like desert uh -huh. expanse. Uh, there had been a lot of burn in that area. Mm -hmm. So it's hot, and there's no water out there. And that stretch... <laughs> That's one of the worst stretches on the trail, they say. That's yeah. in between segment one and segment two. Yeah. So, so I met you at 26.6. And but there's a reason why. There's a reason why. It and was supposed to be the South Platte River. Sorry, six, it's South Platte. It's not East Platte. Sorry. It's 16.6. So that's a 10 mile stretch. 10 mile stretch. With no water at all. No water. Which we've done way bigger stretches without water. Yeah, but you thought you were going to be meeting me at 22 or 23. Yeah, which was about eight miles away. So you figured, no, so, more less than that. No, it was less than that. It was, so it was like six or six seven. miles. Yeah. So I thought I was only going to have to hike another six miles out of the South Platte River to meet you. And there was like a climb. And it was a climb. It was a hot exposed climb. And so I only got two liters of water. So I'm hiking. The day is bad move. It's like super exposed. It's really I, hot that day too. Really hot. I didn't have a lot of snacks with me left at this point. Um, so I'm hiking. I've already downed a liter of water after like the first three miles, and I'm Garmin messaging her, and she's she's like driving and trying to reach this point, this Jeep access road that that intersects the Colorado Trail. And she's like, I got some bad news. Like, well, before I even sent you that, he had messaged me and was like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not feeling good. And I was like, and I get there to this road and it's completely closed. Like, I can't even get into the road. And yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. And there's no other way to get into this road. Yeah, it's completely blocked off. So thank God I had like one itty bitty tiny cell service like bar. Uh -huh. I couldn't have like there was no cell service around me except for right there. Yeah. And I message, I Garmin message him. And I'm like, I have really bad news. This road is, is closed. Uh -huh. Like I can't get to you. And he's like, well, maybe we can meet at like 24 or 25. I was like, no, babe, you have to come to 26.6. Like 
this is the only place to meet you. Yeah, this is the next stop. This is the next stop. And she's like, you can either turn around and I can meet you at the Platte River or you can keep going and meet me at 26.6 by the the fire station. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I'm not about to freaking backtrack. So I, I keep on going through the stretch. So I had another four and a half to five miles to go. And you were losing it by the by time that point. you told me that the road was closed to get to the 26 yeah. six. And I was down to like a half liter of water. So I'm dumping like electrolyte powder in there trying to just make the most of it. Had you already seen, seen zigzag by this point? No. Okay. Um, so I, I'm dumping the electrolyte powder in there. I'm eating a range meal bar, just like trying to get some calories, some calories and some salt in me because my clothes are just covered in the salt because I've been sweating it all out. And, um, so I'm in the middle of like a tree covered area, which is great because it's not like the sun's not cooking me and I'm not sweating as badly. And I've only got a half liter of electrolyte water left. And I come across these two guys camping like out in the middle of nowhere. I forget the one dude's name. He had no water to spare for me. Whatever. I understand. Dry stretch. Probably didn't have a lot for himself either. But the other guy he was camping with, his name was Zigzag. Um, I told him the situation. He's like, here, let me give you something. He's like, it's already been treated. So he gave me a quarter liter of water, uh, just plain water in my water bottle. And I think that that was not only a morale booster, but like that was the last push of water that I needed to get to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to also preface that I didn't actually make it to you because you hiked in two and a half miles to me. Yeah, I was so worried about you because I've never heard Wesley say stuff like this. Like if Wesley is messaging me and saying stuff like this, that's not a good sign. Yeah, I, and I, then I, I felt nauseous. Um, you were so dehydrated. I was, I was kind of dizzy because I didn't have the salt and I didn't have the mm-hmm. water. And then I said, well, sh- I could maybe hike in and meet you. And he said, even if it's a mile to meet me, like that would mean, like I, I yeah, that would be great. That helped out so and if, much. If he's saying that, that means something. Because I would never ask you, you to do you that. You would never. And so I was like, all right, I got this. So I strap in and I take a fanny pack with two liters of water and a beer. Yeah, you did. And um, and so I start hiking towards him. Yeah. And you met me about two and a half, two and a half before in. we yeah. get to um, the car. So yeah. before 26, six mm-hmm. and you hike with me after mm-hmm. I sit there and um, <laughs> I, I just sit on the side of the trail. I keep having to sit He's down not doing well. every quarter mile. I just have to sit down and just like catch my breath mm-hmm. and take a small little sip of water. And then I meet you at that point. And how did I look? You look, you had white, a white layer on your body of salt it was just white like yeah. you look like you had white sunscreen on your face that's how white it was uh-huh it was nuts i was like holy shit <laughs> yeah you look just you look like you lost so much salt and i was like oh my gosh mm-hmm. you need so much salt is all i thought when i saw you <sighs> so freaking tired salt caked everywhere had to go an extra Three. Stretch doesn't have any water. I just didn't plan it out well. That's my fault. Alright. This guy named Zigzag. He gave me I don't know. 
an eighth of a liter of his, his dry camping. So that was cool. Thanks, Zigzag. And that last two and a half miles, what was that like? Because I don't remember a whole lot of it. I just remember sitting um, down a lot. Yeah, you sat down a lot. How long did it take us? Mm, probably, I mean, we were going a good average, like 2.8. We weren't going too slow. Okay. Um, I just kept stopping. You stopped a lot so that you could like rest your legs. And I remember we had a beautiful sunset. A beautiful we saw sunset. deer. Yeah, we saw deer. It was a really beautiful area. Yeah. That is not an area, a section I'd want to do. Not in the day. During the day. Because no. that would but have been night. so hot. But at night, it would be, that's actually a section I'd probably do night hiking or early morning hiking in. Yeah. Um, But it was beautiful. And I kept like trying to give morale to, to Wesley. I'd be like, okay, babe, we're only like half a mile away. And then here's that section. I was like, you're going to see the cart ride over there. Yeah. <laughs> So for that 10 mile stretch, the first three miles or so up are completely exposed. And then you hit about four miles of tree coverage, in and out of tree coverage, but still through um, high desert terrain. Yeah. And then the last three or four miles to the road is also exposed. But luckily that exposed section we had at sunset. So it was Which nice and nice. cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a decent section. It wasn't super crazy climbing or downhills at that point. No. Um, once I found you, it was yeah. just nice little rollies. Um, and then we got to the car and you and... had poke and you had four ramekins of soy sauce uh -huh. and I drank three of them. Yeah. I drank soy drank sauce. Drank them. Yeah. It, it sounds disgusting, but no. when you're in need, it's the best thing ever. You're going to. Yeah. Yeah. And then we sat there and ate poke. And you drank like three beers, I think. I drank three beers and some oat milk. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then we got the car ready and we slept in the car. Yep. Yeah, I drank the same beers that we're drinking right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. I bought a whole thing of these because they're actually on, like, there's a pack of 12 you can buy for these for $14. It's basically like drinking La Croix. I mean, it's only 4.4%. <laughs> when, when you've been hiking all day, you can drink it and you don't even feel, you don't even feel the alcohol. True. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good like night we had, and we, then yeah, we camped or we car camped. We, we car camped the car. right there where I parked. Yeah, by the trail. I think I've only ever been in that bad of shape one other time, and that was when I was hiking the Art Loeb Trail in North Carolina. You were coming to see me, and you're like, "Hey, I'm going to be in Athens tomorrow. If you want to come and see me." And this <laughs> is this is when we were still dating, and I was like. Fuck yeah, I want to see you. And so he hiked, ran like 20 miles that day? It was about 20 miles to get back to the car. Just so that he could come see me. Yeah, I had all my uh, camping equipment with me, but I pitched the tent and dumped all of my equipment in the tent somewhere close to a road that I could drive back to. That's right. So you could go pick it back up. Yeah. Because you ran back. Yep. So I pitched the tent, dumped all my gear in there about a half, about a, it was about a half mile above a road. And I ran back and there was no water to filter. And I was running out of salt. <laughs> All I had was a Stroop waffle. And the sun had set. It was pitch black. I remember my legs just cramped up and gave out on me. And so I tried to eat a Stroop waffle, but my mouth was so dry I couldn't. So I spit it you back out. Gagging, yeah. I was gagging. My legs cramped up. And I finally stumbled back into the car after 20 miles. And I chugged water and I projectile vomited that water all over the place. And then I went and booked a hotel after going to a gas station and getting a pickle and orange juice. So that you could see me the next day. And then I fell asleep on the hotel floor. You did? On the hotel bathroom floor? Yes. 
I didn't know how bad you were. <laughs> like also to give an understanding is we were doing semi long distance when we were dating because we didn't we didn't live in the same town. Yeah. And so any chance we could see each other was like a gift. Yeah. And I just happened to be close to where you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both times I've been in bad shape. It's to come and see you. <laughs> What's that saying? That just says, ladies, find you a man that will push himself. That will sweat out all his salt to come and see you. To come and see you. Yeah. <laughs> that says something. Or or anyone in partners. Find you a person that will, you know, sacrifice to, yeah, to be to with and, you. To come and be with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice for anyone, really. Yeah. It's a big yeah. teller. If you like boys, if you like girls, if you like... <laughs> I don't even know what it is today. Whoever you like, you know... Wash your hands, be a good person, love well. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's good advice. Yes. Yeah, so then day two. Day two. We woke up. In the car and we we had close access to a town. Was it Crossroads? Was it yeah, it was town? only like 10 minutes. Crossroads, Colorado. It's like 10 minutes. From the trail. And there was a food truck that had a breakfast burrito sign up. Yeah, it was pretty great actually. And I think we spent about two hours in that town. Yeah, just eating breakfast, dicking burrito. around, and then we went to the coffee shop. Got some coffee. Got some more coffee. And then we. I didn't need a. I didn't need a resupply. Or no, no, because you already had it all in the car. Yeah. And then we um, headed back to the trail, and you packed up your bag. Yeah, I packed up my bag, food. and I had all the food in there. So this is the first time. I mean, it's the second day, but it's the first time I've got mm-hmm. all my gear and a full uh, resupply of food mm-hmm. in the pack. And I, I love the out, well, I love the ultimate direction pack, but when you start exceeding 25 pounds, the weight limit's around 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the pack designer quoted. But whenever I started to exceed 25, it would, it would start to hurt. So mm-hmm. I had to eat the snacks out or redistribute weight and put it in my shorts or like a little fanny pack or, or something like that. Um, so I was struggling a little bit with that weight at first because I hadn't been carrying heavy packs a lot lately. Day two, Colorado Trail. After lots of soy sauce, lots of town food, thanks to my wife, base camp. I feel like I can pound out another good long day of hiking. So grateful for that. This will be the first night of camping on trail instead of crawling into the back of our Subaru and sleeping there like we did last night. I'm gonna push for about 20, what would put me at the top of the big climb where there's a water source and hoping that it will be in tree line because the last few days have been pretty hot. Yeah, this is still section that we had hiked together because we had parked at the little craggy trailhead area and hiked this stretch of trail as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, so this is all okay. familiar territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you remember this? I we do We hiked by a little scraggy. We hiked mm-hmm. by the bear cave. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. there was definitely a cave there. I remember when we did it. And I was like, you know that a whole family of bears lives in there. Uh-huh. At least 
wolves or maybe some something maybe some catamounts or mountain lions i don't know it's my favorite word for mountain lions is catamounts, catamounts. Uh-huh. so you left me so i left and you, you started hiking i started hiking and the terrain again it's we're getting into the lost creek wilderness area so mm-hmm. it's like very large boulders lots of pine some, some evergreen mm-hmm. um a lot of dry dirt trail out there water sources are, are few and far between but they're they're there and they were doing a prescribed burn at the little scraggy trailhead. Mm-hmm. And on the first day, when I was like hallucinating, I saw the smoke and I was like, oh no, I'm already a about fire. to get kicked off the trail from a fire. And thank God it was a prescribed burn. But the little scraggy trailhead area was like black. Oh, really? It was black from where they burn it. Aww. Yeah, but all the trees were still there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is the the first night that I'm going to be camping on trail without you by yourself. Yeah. We had hiked to, we had hiked this whole section before. And then we stopped at the exit to the town of Bailey. It's a trailhead. And we turned around and hiked back. But this time at the Bailey trailhead, I had a very different experience. I got there and there were fucking biting flies everywhere. And like, the immediate area around you, it's like appearing black. There oh are so gosh. many. So I get the off bug spray and I spray myself and it doesn't stop them. And the front of the can says it's for biting flies, mosquitoes, <laughs> etc. Lies. And, and so I'm like, well, screw this shit. So I have a climb and I'm like, well, I'm just going to out hike them. And so I start the climb like really strong. I'm going fast and they're not keeping up with me that well. But I start to burn out up this climb and I go slower every time I stop to breathe whenever I stop to take a snack or a swig of water like you get 20 30 on your legs and you're just swatting oh my gosh no yeah and so I uh, actually had little red handprints on my legs where I was like slapping my legs to try and kill them (laughs) that was the thing I know but um yeah I continue up the climb and it's kind of an eerie little stretch because at first it's it's like an ATV road. Like you could get an ATV up there and then it narrows to trail and it's really quiet out there, like eerily quiet. And the woods are just, there is not a whole lot of animal activity. Mm. And so I'm like, what, what has happened out here? Mm. But then all of a sudden I see this guy with three pack mules out there and they're just stopped and he looks tired. The mules are covered in flies those poor mules. I know, I know. But um, I talked to him, and he seemed really sweet. He was actually wearing a pair of Zambraland hiking boots. He was wearing Zambraland hiking boots out there in the middle of summer? Yeah, they, they may have not been the waterproof ones. So they could have just been leather. Oh, okay. But still, that's hot. They looked hot. Oh, my gosh. That feels hot. Yeah, it looked hot. But um, just past that was a great little water source. And... One thing to note is that the Far Out Guide's map for the Colorado Trail, there's not a single icon for a campsite on that whole thing. Oh, yeah, but there's great campsites, though. But there are great campsites all Everywhere. on the trail. So you have to you have to click the different waypoints and read people's comments because they list the mile marker for campsites. So they'll say, hey, there's a good like campsite here or at yeah. this mile marker. Bingo. Okay. So there was a cool... Like water source flowing really well out at like one of the bins out here in the middle of nowhere. And there is a campsite right below it, but all the sites were slanted. 
And I read a comment that said, go like 0.2 further, lots of great campsites. You could fit an army here. And they weren't wrong. So I kept going and I carried two liters and then a two liter bladder of water. And um, I camped there with three other uh, people slash tents. I think it was four people total. So yeah, I packed out one of my packet gourmet um, oh, yeah. fancy meals and I ate it that night and watched some anime that I had downloaded on my phone. And yeah, it was my first night, first like, night. camping out on trail and I'm glad it was with other people or by other people. So yeah, that was, mm-hmm. that was day two. What was your, what was your packet gourmet meal? What was it? It was the Biggin Burrito with fajita chicken. And was it, what would it, what did it taste like? Um, it was phenomenal. It was almost like, uh, like Southwestern chicken chili almost. Mm. Yeah. I usually supplemented these meals, um, with a little bit of ramen. Cause they were kind of not low calorie, but they were definitely more. They're just not as many calories as I need. Yeah. Yeah. I need at least a thousand calories per meal and. Um, these were just under, but yeah, and I had it with the beer that I had packed out, one of the Prost Kolsch beers oh, that I also so pulled um, from the cooler whenever I left you that that morning. Prost Kolsch's are so good. Yeah, or really Prost the Prost Brewery, Prost Brewing Company. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just had a few blisters at the end of that day from powering uphill, but other than that, I was feeling pretty good and strong, despite the really crappy day I had before. Day three on the Colorado Trail. And the squirrels this morning woke me up because they were having a fiesta at 6 a.m. <clears throat> As you do, squirrels. If you don't know this, the Colorado squirrels are black and brown, very aggressive. They uh, will let you know they're there when you get close. Kind of funny. Yeah, hike it today. No set mileage in mind. Just walking and we'll see where we get. Okay, so day three. I'll kind of just touch on the highlights and like the really interesting days or really interesting things. Or highlights, lowlights. Highlights, lowlights. <laughs> I like that. Like hair. Yeah. Oh, something we do a lot, and I think we talked about this in another episode, but whenever we hike together, we always ask each other what our highs and lows are. From the day before. Mm-hmm. So I can ask you that too. For each day? Yeah. What was your high and low of day two? Or what was your high and low of day one and day two? High and low of day one. Well, low is feeling like shit and just about passing out from salt uh, deprivation. High was getting to see you at the end of the day. And that soy sauce really just changed my life. Yeah. Game changer. Oh, definitely. And then day two. High was uh, probably breakfast and the breakfast burrito with you and low is just saying goodbye for what would be probably a week or so it's a while yeah it was a good stretch without seeing you yeah that was my low um this is kenosha pass day which kenosha pass is a pretty popular area for colorado a lot of people go and hike there and Uh run there because this pass is a road it's accessible it's a road yeah a lot of passes will either be roads or there'll be passes that you hike out in the middle of nowhere but largely I found them to be roads. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm, I left the campsite, hiked to Kenosha Pass that day. The, the full mileage was around 26.3, uh, but 
what was interesting about this is that the storm clouds were really rolling in on this day. And at some point I had to stop hiking and just sit under a tree, pull out my tie back and pull it uh, over me and over my pack because the rain did start. Was it hailing? Uh, it, it hailed and then it rained and then it hailed a little bit more and then it stopped. Was it lightning and thunder? Just sitting here underneath my Tyvek, waiting on this rain to pass, you know? Um, yeah, it's raining pretty heavy out there and saw a little bit of lightning, so decided against walking out in the middle of an open meadow with lightning. So, um, here we are. But, you know, the tree that I picked to, to stand under there's people's fucking toilet paper everywhere oh is this where you saw the poop or was that later uh, that's later on oh, but, okay. but there's toilet paper everywhere which is just disgusting because you go outside to escape people you don't want to see their fucking ass wipes everywhere no. you know i just don't understand how people think that that's okay to leave it or not bury it deep enough i don't i don't know what the issue is but there's just toilet paper all along the colorado trail and it really disgusted me yeah such a bummer yeah it, it was so um but the hail and the rain stopped it stopped and then i just hiked on to kenosha pass campground um, which is right by kenosha pass which is the road and what was the campground like uh the campground it was it was kind of empty uh, there weren't a whole lot of people there but i think it was a weekday that i got there whatever july 24th was maybe a monday or a tuesday and uh the camp posts there, uh, it's, it's Donna and I think his name is Doug, but their camp. Donna and Doug. Yeah, but their trail names are Pack Mule and Cornbread's Dad. So they had hiked the Appalachian Trail the year before. And they, I don't know how they got here, but they were the camp host for the campground. And they had a little hiker box set out and charging station. So I got to the campground, walked by, they saw me. So um, Cornbread's Dad. Doug walks out. He's like telling me, you know, here's the water. You can camp basically anywhere because we're not that full. And then I went to the hiker box, pulled a fuel can and one of the NOR, K-N-O-R-R, K-N-O-R meals. Oh, yeah, yeah. When the pasta meals. Yeah, because I wanted two dinners for this night because I was freaking famished. You didn't carry enough food. I, yeah. I kept enough. telling him this. But I found a little campsite just behind the water spigot. What is big? And it's like a pump. So you got to keep like oh, cranking the, the thing yeah, down yeah, to get yeah. water out. Uh, I pitched the tent. And as soon as I pitched the tent and started to get my water to boil, the rain started. And it rained for a good hour. But I had I had two dinners. And I don't know. It just felt like a good, successful, accomplishing day. How many calories did you eat in your dinner that night? Uh, it's probably about fifteen to 1,700. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was just two dinners. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a successful day, and I think cumulative miles right there is around 71 for three days. So Kenosha Pass is at 71. Yeah, it's about 71. What was your high and low of that day? Low is the rain, because I was really wanting to sit out at the picnic tables they had at the campsites and enjoy dinner. Like versus utilize the space, yeah. Yeah, versus jumping in the tent, um, cowering away from the water. But the high was the fact that I had a campground, and there was a hiker box. And I did get a second dinner out of it. Yeah, that's pretty great. And meeting other hikers. They kind of understood the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I would say as all in all, a good successful day. And I think I was able to text you a little bit because there's cell service out there. 
I don't remember. Yeah. I feel like you would be on and off. Like sometimes you were texting and then sometimes I would text you back and the text wouldn't go through because maybe your service was like on and off, but then I'd Garmin message you. So I feel like I'd message you on both channels just in case. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. I would sometimes get the same messages twice mm -hmm. from you on, a on like a text mm -hmm. and then I would get it through the Garmin messages. Yeah. yeah. Uh, day four, the rain had finally stopped. And we were going to be getting out into high alpine terrain. So Georgia Pass. It's like the first big exposed like alpine terrain climb that we had. Day four, Colorado Trail. Camped at the Kenosha Pass campground last night. Great spot. Thank you, Doug and Donna, for having a little hiker box that had a second dinner in it for me. I was still at base camp yesterday. This is mile 71.9 or something. And I haven't really had the chance to connect with anyone. I mean, my average speed has been between three and four miles an hour. That's just my pace. But I haven't seen anyone <laughs> again. I'll meet them and I just don't see them. So it was kind of nice to talk to Doug and his wife, Donna, Cornbread's dad and Pack Mule and just connect with someone. So yeah, optimistic for a good day. If I could get enough miles in, I'll get to see base camp today. We'll see. I'm leaving camp and I, I go and talk to the camp post one more time before heading out and taking my morning poop. <laughs> and, uh, was there a pit privy? Oh yeah, there were pit privies, thank God. But the camp posts were sitting outside in like two lawn chairs and there must have been 30 chipmunks and like birds around them. It, it felt like a scene from Snow White. No way. Yeah, they're like the, the critter whispers or oh, something. Oh my gosh, like all the critches know yeah. that they can go to them and get like a snack. They're a safe food. place. <laughs> I know, isn't that funny? They were just sitting out there just with all the critches striking their coffee. And uh, I just thanked them for all they did. And then I kept on going up Georgia Pass. And I had this guy. Georgia Pass. This is this is the first like big pass that we climb up. Okay. So you join it from there. Like you start it from there. Because Kenosha Pass is where you were. Yeah. So Kenosha Pass, campground at Kenosha Pass. I had to go back out of the campground and then reconnect with the Colorado mm -hmm. trail. Okay. Climb up a bit, go down and then big climb up Georgia pass. Okay. And as I'm doing that big climb up Georgia, there's this guy who's like riding my tail, but I'm like, Wait, oh, behind my. you. Yeah. But I'm like, dude, there's someone like out here, like going the speed. Like maybe I've got a, a trail companion. Cause, cause no one's going your speed. Everyone's been so slow. You said, yeah. And this is not like me bragging. This is me just going the speed that my legs want to go. Because he, he, he finally can be let loose. Because I could be like, yeah. <laughs> He's not caged to me. And it was, <laughs> it was nice to see someone who was like keeping up and going the same cadence. And Is it I, that kid? No, I finally met this guy at a water source just before you leave Treeline, before the top of Georgia Pass. And he was uh, an Air Force guy. Oh, that was the Air Force dude. Okay. Yeah, he's like late 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. And he was, he was a powerhouse. Clearly, if he was clipping at your heels. Yeah. And um, 
So he, he keeps on going, actually. Did you get a trail name for him? Uh, he didn't have a trail name. Mm -hmm. He was just doing a section because he didn't think he was going to be able to do the whole trail for work. Okay. But uh, I'm actually like on his heels whenever we're climbing up Georgia. And all of a sudden, of course, the dark clouds roll in. Of course. Midday. And we're all stopping to put on our pack covers, rain jackets. And it never rained, thank God. Um, and I, I don't see him again the rest of the day. And this is actually when I get to like the Swan Lake area. Do you remember this? This is day four. I hike in the Swan Lake and you picked me up because you drove up this dirt road with, with all these. Oh, yes. I was close to Breckenridge. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, okay. So I had said to Wesley, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to get to see you again. And I, since you're so close to Georgetown. Um, I could drive to you, which would be like 40 something minutes away. And he was looking at that or Twin Lakes. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can do Twin Lakes, meet you at Twin Lakes tomorrow night or not, because I wasn't sure about my work schedule. Yeah. And I was like, but Tuesday night I am open. And you made it happen. And I made it happen. So I drove to him and I picked him up on this random dirt road. This is a beautiful sight right here. I got some beer for you. You got some beer? Yeah. All right. I won't say no to beer. Hi. Yeah. Gosh, that was only four days after you started. Yeah. That's how much I day. missed you, I guess. I know. What can I say? I'm very missable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so you picked me up. Uh -huh. I was like sitting there getting eaten alive by fl uh, flies and mosquitoes. Ugh. You picked me up, and then we go to Prosit in downtown Frisco, Colorado for some, some big old German wieners. Yeah. And, and some, some beer and we see some friends there that we hadn't seen in a while and yeah we were there for a while and then we i took him back to georgetown yeah back to our apartment showered yeah got some food and we didn't really get a whole lot of sleep though because you had to get up early for work <sighs> i had to get up so early to drop you off to then go into work <laughs> yeah that was kind of just a stressful yeah, day that was stressful but yeah it was nice to see you again after only what three days of yeah. not seeing you Wow. Four, no, four days. Oh, because no, I saw you on day two, the morning three of day days. two. That's right. Yeah, three days. Time flies. <laughs> so much longer. Time flies. Um, but yeah, we had to get up ass crack early. We got up so early. You dropped me back off. I like be six. Before the spot where you picked me up. So I had to climb up. Oh, yeah. And I was like, babe, it's only like 0.3.4 miles up. Oh, no. It's like a mile and some change straight uphill. <laughs> so I'm going up this dirt road just to reconnect with the Colorado Trail. This is day five, Colorado Trail. Base camp picked me up last night off of Swan Road and took me back home for a shower and a little bit of lovely dinner, but she had to get to work early this morning. So dropped me back off at the bottom before making it back. Um, up this lovely road which would have been fun to drive up and down again but i mean the views are pretty sweet look at all that not mad at it so just gotta reconnect to the colorado trail and set myself up for copper tomorrow and this is one of my bigger days of climbing this was yeah this was like your breckenridge summit county day uh yeah because i had to so you you hike a little bit further and then 
I had to cross a highway in Breckenridge. I crossed over the highway instead of under the bridge where the actual Colorado trail sign was pointing me, which I should just follow the, the signage. But anyways, so this is, I think this is the most painful climb of the trail for me. The, wait, the whole time? The, this like, this, this day. This climb was the most painful climb? Yeah, this day and specifically this climb. So it takes you up from Breckenridge to the top of a ridge that looks out over copper. So, oh, you're talking so about copper the copper mountains. climb. Yeah, this is wait, the copper climb. Wait, so is this the climb right here close to Breckenridge? You have to climb this, this up? This is And it. this is the pass that takes you over to copper? I don't know if it's a pass. Or not pass, climb. sorry, but the mountain that we always pass. I'm like, hey, that's that That's that mountain. Yeah, so we live right <gasps> by the most painful no climb way. of the trail for me. Yeah. I mean, it looks intense. The mountains right here are super intense. So for that day, I clocked 26 miles and I got 59 hundred and seventy feet of climbing dang babe i know yeah these mountains i mean we now live which is so weird we literally live two minutes now from the colorado trail where he climbed this so now where we move to you can see that mountain mm -hmm. we can see it it's pretty crazy we could go and climb it anytime we could we just need a good two days to do it probably now because of my shoulder yeah we could do it we could do it yeah but I was climbing up that thing and I saw so many great campsites, but I just wanted to get closer to the top of the climb. So I had a shorter day into copper the next day. So I find a spot right by a creek and I'm like, oh, this is a beautiful campsite. I take off my pack and like mosquitoes just surround me. So I keep going uphill Ugh. and I climb up to around 11,000 feet. And I'm like, surely at 11,000 feet, mosquitoes won't be so bad. So I found another spot. Mosquitoes were everywhere. I'm above tree line in the rocks with the marmots and pikas. Mosquitoes are still fucking there. Oh, gosh. So I'm like, you know what? Screw this. And so I just decided to get all the way up and finish the entire climb that day. So I get up to the top of the ridge at sunset. And the sunset is beautiful. And you had a great campsite that night. Oh, I had a great campsite. He sent me a picture. Of it. I was like, whoa, that's a killer campsite. Yeah, so I got up to the ridge and I can hear marmots like echoing through the valley, <laughs> which is just the funniest thing to me. They're so fun. And I start to descend from that beautiful sunset up there. I can see copper like looming in the background. And there's a campsite two miles downhill, just past water, had it all to myself. Wow. And the view looks out over copper. That's so cool, which so, is so beautiful. So that was a huge reward for pushing a little bit harder that day. Yeah, so that was day four for you. That was day five. Baby, wait, that was day five? Yeah, this is day five. Oh, sorry. Look at that. You were almost as close as uh, our FKT woman. <laughs> I was keeping up with her you pace. You were keeping up with her pace. God. <laughs> so then you're, you had a great campsite. You saw the sunset. It did. It did thunder and lightning that, that night. I remember because I, I was in Georgetown and I was like, I can hear it and work. I mean, I'm only 35, 40 minutes from you car drive. So oh, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, are you getting this storm? It you was, were like, it was, yeah, it was rolling in baby. But, but at least you were in your tent. I was in my tent. You know, I love, so my tent is the Nemo Hornet. It's the Osmo elite. It's a two person really tents, whatever the person max, it says it really fits one bullet it's not so a two, a two person, person fits one pe person yeah three person fits two etc the fact that i love it is because it's, a, it's just like a two-layer system so i can take the fly off which is soaking wet and hang it and let it dry while the tent body is still in the backpack or whatever mm -hmm. 
it's just the the two the two layer system is just it feels better sometimes than like the Z pack one layer. <laughs> I know double wall system, uh, baby. We, I mean, even though we have a Z pack now, I know, but but it just gets wet. It's true. So you're in. So that was day five. So now you're into day six, and I'm going into copper. So you go into copper that day. And I'm stoked about that. Morning of day six, go into copper in about four miles. That's exciting. It's a little chilly. 11,300 feet, pretty high up here, but I didn't really have a whole lot of uh, visitors last night, just some rain. It's gonna be a nice toasty day, I feel like. Yeah, I'm just gonna make some coffee and finish packing everything up. Nice and toasty here in my lovely tent. Yeah, still just kinda need to wake up before I can say anything intelligent. So the trail usually takes you behind the, the village of Copper and you can dump down into it and go resupply, get food or whatever. But the reroute, again, takes you along a bike path to a coffee shop gas station. And then you cross the highway and then you go straight through Copper on the main road. Which is cool. So I was at the coffee shop for a few hours mm -hmm. just trying to get caught up on like social media. Weren't you like charging stuff too? Because it had been... I was charging my power banks. Oh, wait. I guess the... You... Yeah, I guess so. Because I didn't charge him a lot you when you picked me up. Right. And then I wasn't going to see you again for another like four days or something. So Yeah, so I'm charging my power banks mm -hmm. and kind of just have a coffee and like a bagel and something. Yeah. But then a I pizza. go. Yeah, but then I go into the village in uh, Copper and I go and get a whole pizza, a Caesar salad, a beer. I go and resupply at like the little general store there. Uh, word of advice, go and resupply at the general store, not... The gas station. Why is Copper. it more expensive? The gas station is way more expensive. They don't have a lot of their pricing listed. Oh, I and hate when that happens. Whenever I see that, I'm always skeptical. Yeah, because it's like that's probably like twenty dollars for a five dollar bar. Or yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm feasting in copper. I actually can't eat the whole pizza at this time because it's yeah. only day six. It's not like a month in. Um, so I take five pieces of pizza to go with me. And I like finally get my bag sorted with the food resupply and I only hike out like maybe four to five miles because dark clouds keep yeah. rolling in and we're about to do two passes at the top. So you of, don't want to be exposed. Yeah. At the top of this climb out of copper. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that next section is super exposed. It's Alpine. It's pretty Alpine. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful looking, but and, I mean, I've never done it. Yeah, and I, I think it was at Guller Creek is where I stopped, like four out of copper. And I wasn't the only person with the same mindset because there was – so there was the couple from the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. There was a sweet woman named Martha who had done the AT. Two other girls came up later, and then a couple with their dog came up after that. And no oh, one, I didn't know that. And no one wanted to keep going up this climb no. because of the thunder. Yeah. And I don't blame them. That's smart. And that's just where I – down the rest of the pizza and it was like a, a hiker equipment graveyard there were pieces of equipment all over the place what what do you mean like tent poles there was like a fly stuffed in a bag there were like bits of bear hang rope all in the trees tent stakes wait so people had just left random shit there yeah there's just shit there that's so weird it had, it had kind of been like clustered together do like, you think it was from the snow do you think that people 
Like, cause you know, a lot of cross country skiers and snowshoers do that section as well. That's possible. I wonder if like they accidentally left stuff in the snow. And that is melted. definitely possible. <laughs> it's like a equipment graveyard. Yeah, it kind of was That's actually. Funny. That's funny. So you camped there that night. What was your high and low of that day? Uh, low is probably just the few miles that I got. It's like a total of what I got 7.10 miles that day. You were charging your stuff for a long time. For hours. Yeah. I remember. Cause I remember cause you were texting me through that day. Yeah. And I think that was when I started to realize how much I hated the night core power bank. Yeah. Because it takes forever to charge and it doesn't build up a huge charge. It's it like 10,000 milliamps. It barely gives you anything other than like what? Two phone charges. Uh, like one and a half. One and a half. That's stupid. So I had two power banks out there with me. I had this 10,000 milliamp, like the small Nightcore power bank, which takes forever to charge up. Although it does charge things quickly, which is great. And then I have this 12 ounce onker. It's a 23,000 milliamp. I can charge my iPhone. Dude, with, that thing is a tank. What, 13? Yeah. Like five times with it. Honestly, we used his onker for the PCT. I mean, I have a 10,000 as well, yeah. which helped. But like we use yours more than anything. Yeah, and this thing is... It's over five years old. It's pretty legit. It's wonderful. It charges quicker than the Nightcore. So if you're thinking power banks, Nightcore um, might be lighter, but Anker, for me at least, has been the way to go. Yeah. So you, okay, so that was your low as Miles. What was your high? I think probably meeting Martha. The one. So the campsite had two levels, and I was on the upper level with one other tent. Um, this sweet old woman named Martha, her trail name was Chipping Away. Oh, that's right. You told me about her. Yes. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm a little socially awkward sometimes. And so the the couple from the Netherlands and these two other girls, they're all camped together below us. And I go and talk to them and it's just like a bunch of weird, awkward silence. And, you know, the, the couple from the Netherlands, they speak English fluently, but it was it's just weird and uncomfortable conversation. So I left. And I went back up to my campsite and Martha came out of Martha was there. She came out of her tent. She was making her dinner Aww. and we were, we probably talked for a good half hour. Aww. She was telling me about her AT experience and how she was out there doing the second half of her Colorado trail journey. That's she, so sweet. Yeah. She was doing it in two big sections and Aww. she was, she was great. But, um, but yeah, that was probably my high. It's just getting to meet Martha and spending some time in copper. Nice. Yeah. So then from there, you had the next day, you had the ridge section pretty much that takes you down into the collegiate area. But I have two big passes. You the had, next yeah. Day. And which looks stunning, though. Yeah. I mean, we we drove we drive by that section so many times. And, and little did we know is that's Kokomo Pass, which is so cool. I mean, because uh -huh. you're already on the CDT at this point. It's merged, right? Yeah. So the CDT connects with the Colorado Trail. Is it at Georgia Pass, you said? Like, as soon as you get over Georgia Pass, it's like, like a... it's like right there. Okay. Yeah, that's where they both merge. Okay. So, so you've got this section, which was super exposed, but you had a good day on it, didn't you? Yeah, I started hiking about 6 o'clock. No, I'd planned to get up early anyways, but Martha got up even earlier than me. So I was hearing her. Sweet So it kind of woke me up. And uh, so I got up and started hiking early and I was, I was pounding down some sugar this morning because we had two passes. Yeah. The first one was like Searle, Surly Pass, something like that. 
and then Kokomo Pass. Mm -hmm. Which is a famous pass on the trail. Way down in Kokomo. <laughs> yeah. But so the trail takes you up this long climb up to Shirley Pass. And there's actually a cabin out there that you can rent. You have to hike to it, though. Which and is nuts. it's just like lavish looking cabin in the middle of BF nowhere with a sauna outside. We've got to figure out how much this place is and go hike to What it. is this, Francie's Cabin or Francie's Cabin? Is it Francie's cabin? cabin? Something like that. Because Francie's Cabin is close to Lower Crystal Lake area. Is that the same one? No, this is a different cabin. We'll have to find it. But it was, it's epic. It looks like it took a lot of effort to build that thing out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So I'm sure that the nightly cost is pretty, pretty steep. I don't know. Wesley said it was like $700 a night, he thinks. I read a comment far out and said it was like okay. seven plus a night. Is it on Kokomo Pass? No, it's before Surly Pass. Let's see. We've got time to look. Surly Pass. So that's Pass. Here Brett. it is. How to hatch your pass cabin. Is that it? No. Oh. How do you spell Surly? Janet's Cabin is the name. Janet's of it. Cabin. Okay, I'm gonna look this up, y'all. Yeah, fifty dollars per person, but seven hundred dollars per night because its capacity Janet's is hut. fifteen. Get that tramway together and go sauna. <laughs> oh, you have to do it in the winter. Really? Yeah. It's, oh, I'm sorry. No, summer and winter reservations. Yeah, the far out comment says seven hundred a night. I don't even know. We could. Oh, here we go. Book now. There we go. Hey, babe, we could go snowshoe over there. Get it? You have to do a lottery? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've heard about the cabin lottery system. Jeez, what are these people thinking? Here we go. Rates and dates. Rates. Whew. No, it's not 700. Miss oh, Chloe. wait. That's Benedict. These are the different huts. Here we go. Janet. Oh my God, it is 800. It's 800. It's 800 <gasps> in the winter. Holy shit. And then Francie's cabin is 800. Oh my God. You remember that guy that we ran into at Francie's cabin? Yeah. It was, it was only him out there. Well, and his kid. And his kid. Yeah. He booked that for $800? A bunch of rich people out here. Y'all. 800. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Or we could go to Ken's cabin. It's $80. All right, Ken. <laughs> That sounds better. Oh my gosh. Like, okay, these places you legit have to hike to. Or you have to ski, like cross-country ski in the winter or snowshoe to. And you're taking all it's, of your food and stuff in there. It's not easy. No. Oh my God. This is I know. hilarious. Anyway, so you did that. Oh my gosh, these cabins. I need to save some of these. I love how interested you are in this. Some now. of these are like 200 a night. We could do one for like, we could do this for our anniversary. We could. That might be worth thinking about. Okay, anyway. So uh, you do the passes. Yeah, I do Searle Pass, Kokomo Pass. And then you have a big, long, steep downhill. Downhill. To the Camp Hale Trailhead. Okay. Start here. And closer and closer to Leadville. The sky is beautiful. A bit of rain falling right now. But... Feels kind of nice. We're about a half mile from Camp Hale, which I have no idea what that is. But I did discover we'll do Tennessee Pass today, which is a road. As a lot of passes seem to be. But 
Nevertheless, Tennessee Pass. Is that where there was trail magic? Or was uh, that where you ran into? We're getting close to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'd, I'd planned to camp at the West uh, Fork, Tennessee, Tennessee Creek River. I always get these things confused. Yeah, North Fork, West Tennessee Creek. And this is just after Tennessee Pass. So total of three passes in one day. Oh, you did three passes. Yeah, but the gain was only just over 4,000 feet. So okay. not not crazy. Okay. 25 mile day. I'm like six or 7,000. This is where I met that, that had that strange interaction with that girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was where it was. So I've, I've like been having issues on trail with like, Talking to single women. And after talking with Base Camp about this. I had to explain it to him. She, she's explained it to me. She, it, it's not him. She thinks it's large in part because. They're single and you're married. They're single and I'm married. Uh -huh. And what I would do is whenever I would come across like a single female hiker out there. <laughs> and if conversation ever started, however it did. I would usually in like the first couple of minutes say, you know, me and my wife did X, Y, Z. Or me and my wife live here. And after that, it was always go south real quick. Always south. It's because, and also he's wearing hiking gloves, so they don't know he's married. Yeah, you can't see the ring. But I would I would intentionally say it because I'm like, oh, well, even though I look like I might be younger, like if I tell people that I'm married, like maybe that'll like make things more comfortable. <laughs> and apparently it had the opposite effect. On single women, yes. On single women. For sure. And... um yeah, I tried to explain this to him yeah, because it's... he was so confused why these girls would be so weird with him on trail. I'm like, babe, it's because you're married. I'd never had this happen before. Yeah. But but I'm like, so if I'm a single guy out in the woods Doesn't matter. Yeah, talking no. to a single yeah, girl, does, fine. That, does that make me more approachable? Yeah. That's so weird to me. Easily, because when I was single, I wouldn't, if, if a married man was talking to me and we were by ourselves in a space, that's weird. Is it? Yes. But if it's a single guy... It's not as weird because I know that there's possibility there. A married man, there's no possibility. Why would I want to connect to a married man? I mean, it's just human interaction. Just, but, but single women don't look at it that way when they're in their 20s. Man. You meet this really weird girl. I mean, it's not weird at first. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, so there's a, there's a two-mile like dirt road you have to take to get to Tennessee Pass from the trail. I'd been really excited because we went through a, a like a, a stretch that was supposed to have a lot of moose in it. There's like a moose warning sign and everything. Didn't see a moose out there. A little let down. But I'm on this dirt road and there's a ditch on the right-hand side. And in this ditch is like this single hiker. I get closer. It turns out to be a female. She actually starts talking to me, yada, yada, whatever. And Wesley's like, yay, finally a person to like talk a person. to. Because he hasn't talked to anybody because he goes so fast. We exchanged like three sentences. <laughs> and I keep on hiking. And then when I get to Tennessee Pass, I I sit right there on a hill. I pull out far out. And I'm like trying to figure out where I want to camp. It looks like the Tennessee Creek is going to be the best spot. So I'm like sitting there looking at the, the app, about to like stand up and start going again. And the girl hikes up. And she starts talking to me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really looking at, at the the Tennessee Creek. It looks like there's a lot of good available campsites. It's wet camping. Like, should be good. It's only like five miles from here. And she's like loitering around the trail, like not continuing on, 
not really saying a whole lot while I'm getting my stuff together. So I'm like, I guess she wants to, to hike together and talk or something. So I start hiking behind her. She's hiking slower. So I hike in front. We're talking, talking. And I mention about how I'm married. You hadn't mentioned yet this no. whole time. Babe. No. So I, so I mentioned how I'm married and how we did the PCT in 2022. Oh, you just broke her whole world. Yada, yada. <laughs> and you shattered her. I think she asked like one or two other questions. I respond. And then I keep hiking. And yeah, I thought it was weird because she had said, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good spot to camp. I might look at that, too. And so I'm hiking after we had just had a, a few exchanges of conversation. I turn around. She's not there. She's gone. Which I thought a little interesting. But maybe I'm like, she's a ghost. you know, maybe she went to use the bathroom in the woods or she didn't want to tell you or whatever. <laughs> maybe she just got tired and needed a snack. So I keep on going down and I get to like 0.1 miles before the campsite. And there is a sign and it says trail magic, rain man's rest. And I'm like, thank God. Rain some trail magic on this trail. I'm so excited about this. And I get down there. There's this guy who's already done the, the Colorado Trail once. His name is Rain Man. So uh, Rain Man's was <laughs> trail magic, of course. And this is the man himself, Rain Man. He hiked the CT two years ago, and he's just given some love back to everyone out here. So thanks, dude, for the beers. You're welcome. Thanks for the, the bear box and for all the goodness. I feel like everyone who's been driving down this road has been talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's a good route to a day right here. Rain man himself. Be safe. He had a tent set out. He had some bush or um, some Coors banquets, some snacks. He oh, had a hiker Coors box. Banquet. Okay. Yeah, it's living the high life. Oh, man. And uh, so I'm sitting out there and I'm like, hey, I don't know how long you plan on being here, but I know there's at least one other hiker behind me who might, you know, appreciate some trail magic too. And I'm sitting here. I, I talked to Rain Man for an hour and a half. Yeah, you did. Nice. We're just shooting the breeze, drinking beer. I raid his little hiker box with some stuff in there. And then I, I, I go the point one miles further and I set up camp. And it's a great night. I ate like two huge dinners, had beer. Um, you know, I had like the first like solid human interaction for over an hour on trail with this guy who's super cool. And yeah. And so that was the end of the day. And I never saw homegirl again that day. It was, it's cause you told her you were married. She probably looked at you and, and you were talking to her cause you're a nice person. Yeah. And interacting. She's like, oh my gosh, this guy, you know, a tromance might develop. You never know. Well, she was only doing a section anyways. She's from Florida. That doesn't matter. Well. Listen, when you're a single female and you find someone attractive, yeah, you start thinking. Well, I will say not to go into the next day since this is the end of the first week, but I saw her the next day. She didn't even say a word to me. See, I'm telling you. Yeah, Wesley Processes was out, out with me in Leadville when we took our zeros. And I was like, babe, it's because you were married. I'm like, what, what's the weird dynamic here? It's because you're married. I, well, I, I, I didn't know that until you and I talked. I know, because Wesley was like, what's wrong with me? I'm like, <laughs> is, it, is it something I'm saying? And apparently it was. I was saying I was married. That was the problem. Yeah. But I'm not going to like go out there and like have these conversations and feign singleness 
No. Like, why would I do that? Well, no, and they wouldn't want you to. Exactly. But a single female, like, I don't know, it's just weird. And there could be other single females out there that disagree with me. Yeah. But if I were hiking a trail and I were single, not married, but single, and a married man approached me, but I didn't know it at the time, and then we start talking, and then he tells me he's married, I'm not going to feel as comfortable. Because there's no potential for connection. There's no reason for connection. And I'm like, come on. I didn't approach this person. She started talking to me. Well, or or vice versa. Yeah. I'm just saying that in my head, there's no reason for connection on mm -hmm. a trail like that. Yeah. Because there, it'll never go further. Yeah. So if I'm single, that's my thought. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's the hope it's of possibility. It's not you, babe. It's not you. It's the hope of possibility. Yeah. No, it's you. That's why. It's me. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But that's yeah. Funny. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was the the end of my first week. And by this point, you know, I've covered 146 miles in seven days. You're so like a third of the way there. Yeah, I'm feeling proud of myself Chipping at this away. point. Yeah. Yeah, averaging like low to mid 20 mile days. How are you feeling by this point? Uh, my muscles don't hurt. My feet are starting to blister up pretty bad. And I get this like progressively worse blister on the pad of my left foot. I've had that before. It hurts. It's one of those blisters that you can't pop. And it's like right where you step. Yeah, it feels like it's almost subcutaneous, like mm -hmm. under the skin. Ugh. So unless you're going to cut a hole in your skin, I'm good. Oh. Yeah. But other than that, mentally I'm doing okay. I can definitely tell I've lost a little bit of weight by mm. this point. But um, yeah, I'm just enjoying kind of the solitude and a little bit of the interaction that I've had with other people out there. Cause I mean, I, I intended for this trail to be more of like a solo experience. Like I didn't want to camp with people every night. I wanted to or have a trampoline. Yeah. I didn't want a trampoline, which the thing is though, is all of those people. So something he kept telling me, which I found fascinating is that all these people were like camping at three or 4 PM. Oh, Titch, uh, the, the pits were, wow. The pits, the pits were tents. The tents were pit <laughs> The tents were pitched between like three and five every day. And Wesley's like, I get, there's still so much ground. I, I get five o'clock. Yeah, five that's, I get. That's like end of the day time. Yeah. But the sun doesn't even get dark until after 8.30. I could not justify stopping for the day when the sun is still high in the sky. Yeah, and I think just that comes from our PCT habits because... By the end, you're just you're out there and you're hiking until it's almost dark. Like you pitched a tent before, like an hour before the sun goes down. Yeah, is what it felt like, mm -hmm. and because you you just get miles in. And you know, just about every night that I pitched a tent on trail, I pitched just before or after dark, every single time. And you you hadn't seen anyone you started with or anyone you passed at this point. You haven't seen them again. Uh, the only people that I've seen again I saw we, we saw zigzag again at the, the on the morning of the yes. second day but we didn't know it was him we didn't know it was him was but I, I passed them again I never saw them again I saw the mil or the Air Force guy who was keeping up with me I saw him again okay um, and yeah and then this this girl who was in the ditch we can call her ditch girl ditch girl yeah, I saw her again on the morning of day eight. Okay. Yeah. And but, so up to this point, those are the only people I've seen. Like, again. And after I time. see them again, I never see you them again. You never saw them again. Yeah. Yeah, because you were just, like, and you never found anyone that went your pace, really. 
No, not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to like jump ahead, but the couple from the Netherlands, mm-hmm. I saw them again after our double zero and lit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I passed them at Twin Lakes. Nice. Yeah. And then you never saw them. And then I never saw them again. <laughs> and I, you know, I was I was okay with all this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you weren't okay with it until after Leadville. Yeah, I think after Leadville, I was like, okay, it's time to put the pedal to the metal. Like, I'm starting to get my hiker legs back, and I'm kind of getting into a good rhythm of it. But up until that point, you know, I'd been having, even before I hiked the trail, I kept asking base camp. I was like, am I a likable person? Like, is it easy to talk to me? And I guess whenever I was out there on the trail, having these weird experiences, I guess specifically with single girls or whatever, (laughs) which, which is kind of a niche. Hey, little girl, you want some candy? <laughs> I got lots of candy in my mesh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but no, it just made me continue to ask that question. And I think after Leadville, I was like, you know what? I'm okay with it. Because after that point, if there were, like, young, single female hikers, I didn't even talk to them. You I just didn't kept even hiking. say hi. I was just out there doing my own thing at that point. And, you know, it, it taught me... Uh, probably what I would learn even more later on in the trail, just to be more self-sufficient and that I didn't need to, in that experience, rely on like social interactions to help get me through the day, mm-hmm. just to rely on like my own legs, my own thought processes, and I guess the thought of getting to see you at like these intervals up the trail. These too. little markers, yeah. Yeah, and you know, if I saw people and we connected or we had a good little chat, great. Mm-hmm. You know, if not, I'm not out there trying to make besties for life either. Like, if it happens naturally, sure, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of just going to do my own thing at that point. Nice. So, yeah, that was uh, kind of the first week on the Colorado Trail. Yeah, so... A lot happened. A lot happened. Yeah. So, thank you for listening with us. We're going to pick this back up next time. These yeah. won't go a month later. Oh my gosh, we're back in we're back in like a consistent space again. Yeah, we've been not in a consistent space. Like we got we both got sick at random times and then my I dislocated my shoulder and then Wesley started the trail and I was working and then he got done with the trail and then we moved to Breckenridge Mm -hmm. and then Wesley started school and I had like a crazy work week. Yeah. So we're not trying to avoid our podcast. No. We actually enjoy doing this. We do. And so we just have to find the space to be able to sit down and do it. And so hopefully this Colorado Trail like venture yeah. will be like a week to week to week to week. Yeah. We'll knock it out in a few episodes. Yeah. So stay tuned. Send out a silent prayer that our building complex gets Wi-Fi because we're hotspotting right now. We've been hotspotting for a week. Yeah. Which is difficult for my world. First gen problems, I guess. But yeah. Um, so yeah. Wi-Fi. We'll hear Hopefully by tomorrow. Yeah, for Wi-Fi, it'll be nice. But anyway, stay tuned. Hope you guys have a great week. And we will see you here. Keep on living the dream. Yeah, keep on living the dream. Happy trails. Happy trails. Well, everyone, we hope you're enjoying our podcast. Yeti. Walks into Base Camp. We're your hosts. I'm Base Camp. And I'm Yeti Legs. If you enjoy this podcast, please let us know in the comments below. Or you can also shoot us an email to our podcast, yetiwalksintobasecamp at gmail.com. So it's just the name of our podcast, all together, all lowercase. We look forward to hearing from you. 
And if you do enjoy our episodes, please be sure to like and subscribe. And if there are any pertinent links or other information that you're interested in from the episode, just find that in the show notes below. Yes. And so I also wanted to give a shout out and a thank you to Ryan G for our intro and Bradley Black for our outro. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And as we like to say in the hiking community, happy happy trails. trails.